0: This week on episode 98 of the Odd Dad Out podcast, I'm feeling a little out of sorts. Maybe it's because I'm recording on Tuesday, maybe it's because the boys and Rihanna are all home this week on spring break. Either way, I'm just kind of feeling weird, but I did have a really nice uh, scenic drive for work this weekend, and all of that made me realize how much I really love landscapes. Chris the Mole Man is going to give us his unique kind of tribute to the passing of Stephen Hawking, and the news is just loaded with all kinds of stupidity, from golden dog jackets to putting a hit on a hitman. And finally, I'm kicking off the road to the live stream for The Cure with the Podfix members More Gooder Than. Beginning on that podcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... Welcome to the Odd Data Podcast, where normal is not my specialty. If you're new to the show, I share my little fun, happy, sometimes stories and rants and rambles and whatnot, and I make fun of some new stuff, and I, I pitch to you a podcast that I think you should be checking out because it's something I actually listen to. Because, like I've said for way too long, sharing is caring. And apparently, uh, so is, uh, hashtag nice guy Adam. <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of become a thing <laughs> with, with all of my podcaster friends. That seems to be the, the new thing is hashtag nice guy Adam because at least in the internet sphere, I, I make that, that complete reversal of how people are in the internet. And I think I've said this before where, you know, normal people are, are completely nice and hospitable and, and, and everything on the, in the outside world and then they're fucking trolls on the inside world and the internet. I, 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 kind of swing the other way. I'm, everybody that knows me thinks I'm a fucking dick, but on the internet and in, in the podcast world, I'm, I'm hashtag nice guy Adam. I'm the nice guy of the, su- of the surprise MFers. I'm the, you know, in, in the Potter family and in the podcast ecosphere that I, that I roll in. I'm the nice guy. And even my wife is like, what the, these guys don't fucking know you. <laughs> they don't know me well enough to know that I'm, I'm apparently not that nice of a person. Anyway, all of that craziness aside. Ah, oh man. It's like I said, I, I'm feeling very out of sorts today and I don't even know how to describe it. I just feel off. Do you know that feeling? Like, like I, I woke, I will, I'll say I woke up with a headache. I, I, I don't normally wake up with headaches. Normally my wife wakes up with headaches and I was seriously blaming her for this this morning because she woke up fine and I woke up with her headache. I'm like, ah, oh, the fuck hell. But, you know, I took some leave and, you know, whatever, of headaches gone. And, and I, you know, sometimes, and I, I have a tendency, I'll usually end up having to take a leave in the morning just because I'm old and creaky and I'll wake up and my back will hurt or whatever. So that's that's a normal thing for me. The headache, not so much, but waking up and having to take a leave isn't a big, isn't a, you know, out of the ordinary for me. But today I just feel woozy and I don't feel sick. I don't have the headache. I just feel off. Like I I don't have the words to describe it. And it's really weird because like, I like to the point where like, I'm not dizzy, dizzy, but I'm wobbly. Like, I get, I, I was just trying to walk down the hallway or just trying to get up. And, and Rihanna was telling me that it's like, Oh, maybe it's because you're spending too much time in front of the, the computer. Cause I've done, I've been doing a bunch of stuff on the computer this morning and yesterday and things like that. I'm doing stuff to like, you know, working on my rudimentary graphics to, uh, you know spiffy up the facebook group and 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 change up some stuff on the web page and stuff like that i've spent a lot of time in front of the computer in the last couple of days but normally when you do that you get the headache in front of the computer I, and again i don't have a headache anymore but i'm like when i'm not in front of the computer when i'm not in front of the, the computer with the headphones and the microphone suddenly i'm getting sick i've got podcast withdrawals that's it um but yeah, I'm just <laughs> I just got kind of I'm just kind of wobbly and I'm like I just have to sit down at my desk and and do my work here but if, if I get up I get wobbly and I'm like not mm, so hot and i'm I'm actually is she's been nagging me telling me that if I'm feeling like this I need to stay home from work and I'm legit actually starting to think maybe I should because by now it's you know it's the middle of the afternoon and I'm still kind of wobbly and I'm thinking maybe I probably need to just take the night and rest. I don't know. But there's still a show to do. And you may have noticed that I said I'm recording on Tuesday and, and this goes out Wednesday. Normally, and I've said this before, I'm, I'm a quick turnaround kind of person. I know a lot of podcasters record days in advance and do all their editing and all their mixing and all that stuff. In, in, a, in a more extended time period. And I've tried doing that. In the past, I've gone and like, oh, I'll record Monday. And oh, it's not coming out until Wednesday or Thursday. And I'll edit Tuesday and I'll do all the blah, blah, blah. blah. But in my experience, what ends up happening with me is one of the chief complaints among like for editing podcasts is you have to go back and listen to it. Well, the way I do everything here is I record it as I'm recording. If I fuck up, I stop the recording. Literally. What you don't hear is all the times that I have to stop, and it's uh, this is actually more efficient in my case. But what I end up is that you know if I have to cough, I stop recording. I you know go back and I record it again. But it ultimately means that I have almost no editing to do. I just you know take out the noise of my fan in the room, and that's about it. Um, So I don't. But if you have to record later, or if you have to like record and edit later, you end up having to go back and listen to it all and find all the little crap that you got to take out and adjust and fix and whatever that takes longer. And when we were doing mom and dad cuss, that's that ate up. It took me more time to edit that show than it does to produce this entire show. And so I, I've kind of got my system down and it's very efficient from, for me, I have no clue what it's going to be like when I start, you know, having guests on the show and do all that stuff later. But It It's it's made it to where, like, when I do this, I have to do it this way. And I don't know where I'm going. (laughs) There's my brain because, again, what you don't know is that I've had to stop three times in this little rambly bit right here to cough because I had, like, I don't know what the hell, like, stuck in the back, like a piece of toast or whatever stuck in my throat. Yeah, you needed to hear that. But I've been having to, I've been coughing. And so you haven't heard that. But it's all, again, part of this whole thing. But anyway, I record when, normally, show comes out Wednesdays. I record Wednesday. And basically, I record Wednesday, say if I, you know, put the boys down for their nap at, at noon, I start recording by about 12.30 and I'm done with the show. It's like, you know, it's about an hour long. So by like 1.30, 2 o'clock, I'm done with the show. And then, I basically, you know, clean up the audio, you know, like I said, take out the fan noise and all that. And I'm done. That's my process. Do it all in one shot. Well, this week, again, I like I said, uh, the boys are all home on spring break. And my wife decided since the boys are home for spring break, she's going to take spring break off. and And we're going to have family time. Well, part of that is with her being home. Uh, she decided that she's going to take a day and her and my sister are going to go out and they're going to have, they're going to do, you know, girls day out and she's going, they're going to go get pedicures and shit like that because she doesn't really get, she doesn't get the time to really do stuff like that and I'm, I'm not going to hold it against her because, yeah we don't do stuff like that and she works during the day. It's hard to do things like that. So I'm, I'm not going to hold that against her and getting to, you know, for the girls to go out and have a day at the spa and have just, you know get pampered and i'll you know let them do it but it also means i'm watching my nephew <laughs> i'm my sister's taking her daughter because she's you know months old but that means that her her older son or i guess he's number three whatever but it's like her oldest is in high school but um but yeah the, the other her other son busy i get to watch uh as my boys call him uh coco I get to watch Coco. <laughs> and so now I've got all four boys and Coco, but that's fine. But they're doing this on Wednesday. So that means I have to record early. <laughs> I get to do all this stuff early and it's messing with my brain. And it doesn't help that my brain was already messed up today from being just discombobulated. And that's the best way I can describe my feeling today. I'm feeling discombobulated and I wish I could get recombobulated, but I'm, I'm, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm just, dis- I'm, yeah. Again, discombobulated. That's the word of the day, children. Everybody, you remember Pee-wee's big, or Pee-wee's big adventure, uh, Pee-wee's playhouse, and what's the secret word? That's that's it. Today's dis- secret word is discombobulated. <laughs> but all of that, it's, it's yeah, that's, that's me right now. But, you know, all that, you know, I still, I, I wanted to talk about kind of a, I could say almost a a revelation about myself and and I'm I'm really slow at uh, like self-reflection and self uh, realization and all those little things. I'm really bad about those things. You know, it took me till I was almost 30 to accept that my favorite food is pizza or that my favorite color is blue. Most people know these things in kindergarten. I'm really indecisive and I I'm I'm one of those people where I don't, I don't analyze myself, and I, it like, and so things like, what is your favorite color? And because I was always kind of a metalhead and and things like that, I always look at like black and red and things like this. But it was like one of those slow revelations, and I think it actually came out of uh, buying a car, but a lot of other other little things. that I kind of realized that my favorite color is actually blue, like a dark dark blue. Almost like a, and it's, I think it's my first truck was a, a, it was a Ford Ranger that was s- such a dark blue. Everybody thought my truck was black. And the van I have now is like a, a, almost like a navy blue kind of color. And I like that more. And I, I've, I've realized that I like those. And like there was a point where I was, when the, when the Dodge, uh, caliber first came out, I actually was trying to get one and one of the colors I wanted the dark, dark blue one. And they, they pushed like every other car in the world, they promote it and they put it in the ads in red or white. Or, or luxury cars they'll put in black. But for this it's this is a you know, it's a it's it's a it's a crossover, but it's like it's a small you know, it's a relatively mid sized car. Whatever. I don't know what it is. Crossovers are a weird name. I guess it's a fitting name because it's not quite, it's not an SUV. It's not a, it's not a coupe. It's not really a sedan. So it's, it's a crossover. It's a mutant car. It's somewhere in the middle of a lot of stuff. Anyway, <laughs> but I was, I was looking at it and I was like, I want the dark blue. And I realized that's my favorite color. Just a deep dark, like dark, dark ocean or dark, like midnight sky type blue but it took me nearly 30 years to under, to to um, to get that. The same with realizing that I could probably eat pizza every single day of my life and be happy. It wasn't until I was almost 30 that I realized this. And just just the way my, you know, I'm I'm like hyper analytical of things, so I don't so something like, "Oh, what's your favorite pizza? Pe- what's your favorite food?" and you're not like most people can just it's a snap thing. For me, it, it took 30 years of my brain analyzing everything, you know was like, no, my favorite color is like, for all of my metalhead and, and semi-gothiness as I've been, black is not my favorite color. And, you know, it's blue. And pizza is my favorite food. And I make pizza all the damn time. And I have pizza at least once a week, if not twice. And when you have to make it yourself, that gets really tedious. But all these little, like, things about myself that I've learned very recently, I've kind of thought about the idea of and and, and after devoting three years to podcasting and I love podcasting and maybe it's because I started doing Instagram and making suddenly it's like fuck I gotta take pictures but I like I've kind of realized that I really like landscapes like landscape photography and more like not like I say nature photography but not like nature photography like pictures of of bugs and 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 stuff like that, but maybe like, you know, I took some nice pictures of some uh, orchids the other day and it was less about being the orchids and l- more about this is a, a tree that and a plant that we had when I was a kid at a house that I spent, you know, I lived a, in this house for a very long portion of my life. And it was the these Hawaiian orchids and a really pretty and but it was it was more of a nostalgia thing for me. Was like we had this tree when I was a kid when in this house that we lived in, and this was a this house was a major point in my life, and so I remember these flowers and it's it's kind of it's it's a you know it brings me back seeing those flowers but part of my job and i've said before is sometimes I work out of town, which means I've got a lot of driving this past weekend was one of those weekends where I had a lot of driving, and I actually had to do work in If you're familiar with Arizona, uh, Nogales and Sierra Vista. Nogales is literally a border town. Sierra Vista is really close. And so they're not close. They are not close to each other. And they are in no way close to Phoenix. Phoenix is pretty much dead center in the state. Nogales is on the border. Which means I have about a three-hour drive without traffic. I have a three-hour drive to get to this place. And then we're just like, and it was funny because for, I was like, we had like three job sites to go to on this day. We had 16 labor hours. That's how much of driving we had. And ultimately we end up going way over that because driving and traffic and, in cities, but we drove like three and a half hours between like road traffic and everything to get to this place in Nogales for maybe an hour of work. <laughs> and, and then from, and really it's more of between Nogales, Arizona and Sierra Vista, Arizona is scenic route 83, which is just this, it's kind of through the mountains. It's not the best mountain views. In the state, that all goes up north. You want great mountains, you go up north. You go into the White Mountains, get up there. That's gorgeous. The 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 drive between uh, Superior, Arizona, and Globe, Arizona, is gorgeous. I love it. It's also if you are afraid of heights, it'll give you a heart attack. But it's 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 gorgeous. That's a that's a. I'd say that's another episode. I think I already did that episode. But. In, in this drive along scenic route 83, which is about a two hour drive between Nogales and Sierra Vista, it's, it's beautiful. It's, there's, there's some mountains and, and hills, but lots of open fields and, 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 and you get those long stretches of road where you just like open road and you just see fields of, of grasses and, and there's some cows, and there's horses, and every now and then you'll see like a little farmhouse or something. There's some dairy farmers out there. There's some, you know, but not. It's it's just so open, and I I really love getting out there. I love that scenery, and I remember just like I have an iPhone for work, which has a better camera on it than my my Android, and like I just remember passing my phone to my partner and saying here. Take a picture of this like no shoot the mountains Get the mountains and and I realized that, You know I'm going to say If my son had the camera I would have gotten like professional Level shots passing it off to him You know he, he's, he's a guy who Just who, He's a snapchat guy he's an instagram Guy he takes those type of Pictures he doesn't my son could Frame a shot like he was you know Submitting it for a contest you know Most people just take a picture click and I got some of those pictures but, you know, it was just, and I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. And I'm probably gonna, somebody's gonna yell at me. I'm sure somebody's gonna yell at me. For that matter, I'm sure Heather's gonna yell at me. <laughs> Sorry. There was a, a point where we're driving down the road and we just, like, the, the mountain, the sunset is coming down. And, like, the way the sun is hitting the mountain still, but we've got shade, the, like, on the, on the road and it's, it's starting to get dark. And the road is just straight ahead. It looks gorgeous and wide open space in these fields. And I grabbed my phone and I just start like basically got it just over the wheel and I started snapping pictures while I'm driving because there's nobody else on the fucking road. But I, and I start snapping a couple of pictures as I'm driving. Yes, I realize it's dangerous, but it was gorgeous and I had to get the shot. I'm sorry, but. Um, but I, I kind of realized in that that, like, I really do love that sort of photography and I love those sort of pictures. And my wife, uh, one of the news stations out here posts on Facebook, like, people will submit their, their sunrise pictures and sunset pictures every day and they'll post them up on their Facebook page. And she's like, Look at that shit. Another fucking picture perfect sky. God, I hate it. <laughs> she's always complaining about how. The the sky out here doesn't look real, because we've got this this gorgeous desert sky, and some people who live kind of further out away from the city where you've got the cactus and you've got the the great desert landscape, and you can take those pictures of the sunset over the desert or the sunrise over the desert, and it's and it looks like something out of a painting, and that's just your backyard. That's and that's one of those things. Like and she's like, it doesn't look real. Like what the hell is this? This sunrise that's, no why does the sky have to look fake? <laughs> she like she appreciates the beauty, but she's like seriously? What the hell is this? Why is it why does the sky have to look s- like this? Really? That's not that's not fair <laughs> because she came from a place with full of oil refineries where there was constant cloud cover and the sky was essentially grey. <laughs> the ground was flat and the sky is grey. And out here there's mountains everywhere and the sky is 20 different shades of pink and purple and blue and yellow and everything. And you know, sunset over the desert gives you an entire rainbow of colors all at once. And let's not even get into if there's a storm going on and all of that, that's a whole other thing. But all of this made me look at it and think, man, I really kind of wish I had a camera that I could take good pictures of this stuff because I really like these sort of things, and and I've tried like at night. I love when I come home at night. I'll look up in the sky and like especially I like, got got a full moon, and because I get home at like three or four in the morning, and the moon is just right overhead, and especially get like a super moon or whatever, and it's right there, and it's just bam. And even just like the moon through the mesquite tree in my neighbor's yard, it's gorgeous. And like man, I want this shot, but. It's almost impossible to take a picture of the moon with a cell phone camera because they just don't have the, it's like the, the, the light and everything kind of uh, blows it out. You can't get any real, uh, clarity out of it. And it kind of sucks. I'm like, man, I really wish I could get, like, I wish I could take pictures of what I see when I come home at night. And there's some nights where I look up and like the city lights and the, the striations and the clouds and it's just gorgeous. And I'm like, man, I want to, have a picture of this but like I see a thing but the cameras can't see what I see and they can't take a picture of it the way I see it because the way cameras work and light and all this they they just can't capture it and the little nuances and I realized you know the eye is much more advanced than the camera lens and I'm sure there are cameras out there that could do it but I don't have the thousands of dollars for a camera that could take a picture of of a full moon with detail but i i I love those sort of things and it it was kind of you know these the trip like this past weekend reminded me of stuff like that and made me think about it like you know and i i guess i should have known all along because when i do when i've painted and when i've done uh, art in the past i've always had a a fondness for for landscapes and cityscapes that's always kind of been my go-to I'm terrible with drawing people. I'm terrible <laughs> I'm terrible with things that exist, but I I've you know, Bob Ross was my idol as a kid. You know, landscapes and cityscapes and that sort of stuff, that's always been my wheelhouse when it came to art. And I, I probably should have, you know, acknowledged my love of landscapes years and years and years ago. But again, my brain, this is, you know, when I have time to think about things, and I guess I have to think about things so that I can have something to talk about here. And it's like I have to kind of like psychoanalyze myself to have topics to talk about here, but it's it's yeah, I guess I I love landscapes and I really I wish I had the time and the the resources to take p- those kind of pictures like that, but that also takes time and resources and this takes time and resources and honestly I love getting behind the mic so much that I'm willing to you know, pass on the photography to spend more time behind the mic with you and tell my weird stories about whatever the hell's going on in my head and all this other craziness. But here I am rambling on about all of this weirdness for so long, much longer than I normally do. So I'm going to take a break and I'm actually going to, before we I get into promos, I'm going to kick it over to my surprise MFR brother, uh, Chris the Moleman, he doing a little, uh, I guess you could call it a tribute. I guess I should preface this with if you don't listen to Mike Jolitz or the Mole Man show, or if you hadn't listened to, uh, the Bro Rons, which, uh, they just ended their show a couple weeks ago, uh, Chris the Man has always done a, a Stephen Hawking character. On the show, and I kind of asked him. It's like, hey, when Stephen Hawking died, I was like, are we going to kill the character? You know, is he? Are you going to kill Stephen Hawking? And he decided, you know what? We're just going to do the ghost of Stephen Hawking. So this week on the Mole Man show, we're debuting. I say we. I'm not on the show, <laughs> but this week on the Mole Man show, he's debuting uh, the this is the first appearance of. The ghost of Stephen Hawking. The
1: mole hole ten. Whoa. For stupid stuff and useless shit, it's the way to go. It's the mole hole ten.
2: Who the hell could that be? All right, I'm coming. (laughs) Oh, for fuck's sake.
1: Moan, moan, boo, 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 I am the ghost of Stephen Hawking, and I'm here to haunt you. How's it
2: going, Mr. Hawking? So, what's, what's up with these chains? Why are you wearing all these chains and everything?
1: I wear the chain I forged in life. I made it link by link, and yard by yard, I girded it on of my own free will, and of my own free will, I wore it. These are the chains of not believing in God, heaven, religions. Really? No fuck not, just messing with you gatekeeper Tony thought it would be funny when I come back here to visit. So what's heaven like? Are you uh, rotten in hell like you should be? Heaven sucks very cloudy, Jesus is a dick always bragging about his daddy, and for some reason, I got the gift to keep in my wheelchair and computer voice. Really sucks lots of stairs and not very handicap-accessible, so I have to stay on the first floor. Are you fucking serious? No, it's all bullshit. When you die, you go to a room with tons of TV with a guy named Tony. He sends you into the next dimension.
2: Oh, I got you. So, uh, what happened? Why aren't you in the other dimension?
1: I rebirthed as a white guy, and they kill white males right away in the fourth dimension, just like the Asian girl babies here.
2: Well, that's kind of fucked up. I saw this post on Facebook not too long ago. It said something about, like, what if when we die, the light at the end of the tunnel is the light to another hospital room where we are born, and the only reason you come out crying is because you remember everything from your past life. you're crying at the fact that you died and lost everything. And as you grow, you'll start to forget your past life and focus on the life you had now. But patches of memory stay behind. And that memory is caused deja vu, which I thought the guy was high at the time. But you said there's TVs and everything there. So that's a little bit different from what this guy says that I assume that was a little bit on the stone side,
1: right? Sleep mode, sleep mode, snore, snore. Sorry, you still talking. Thought I was going to do the list for you, not listening to you. Go on and on.
2: All right, you dead crippled bastard. Just do the list.
1: I was going to have a conversation with you, but no, apparently you're in ghost hurry. Here are the best jokes about me, Stephen Hawking. Number 10. I had a hot date once. That fucking stupid slut hound stood me up, and I immediately fell on the floor. Number nine. Make sure you read my new book around the house in 80 days. Number eight. Do you know how I get a bone on? You have to take out my floppy disk. Number seven. What's the quietest album in the world? Stephen Hawking unplugged. It was cosmic. And better than this of show. Number six. What's black and sits on top of a staircase? Me after a house fire. Number five. Thank fucking God we're halfway there. How do I take a shit? Log out. Number four. Do you know how I run two AA batteries? <laughs> Unless I have my electric nipple clamps, then I need a large truck battery. Number three. What do I have in common with a bowl? We both charge. Number two. You want to know something fucked up? I was the real Slim Shady but could not stand up. Not that can canoe Eminem I wanted so bad to pop a cap in that whitey ass.
2: Number one.
1: Do you know what I eat for breakfast? My shoulder.
2: So, Stephen, you want to stick around, hang out with the
1: show and stuff? I would like to stick around and listen to the end of your show to put me into a ghost coma, but I have a haunting I need to do. Who are you haunting? Anybody I know? The Brorons. I am going to give those bitches some ghost anal warts. Stephen Hawking out, bitches.
2: 738, Shut up, everyone.
1: Shut up. Woo. This is Leo. This is Kitty. This is Fez. This is Jackie. This is Cobra. What's up? And Miji. We are Afterburn 739 Podcast coming to you from Squish Bar. Tune in every week and hear us talk about anything and everything. We are not politically correct. We are certainly not well informed. Sometimes we will make shit up, but we will make you laugh. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Afterburn739.com.
2: And Twitter, and Afterburn739.
1: What's Stitcher? Hello,
2: Hello Kitty. Kitty. Welcome Kitty. to the party. Welcome to
1: the party.
2: My jingle. <laughs> <laughs> and you never know who might turn up in Scrish Bar
0: in the Turkey Bucket Gallery. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> From the news. All right, you can remember you're getting all these news stories and links to all this weird shit at oddthatout.blogspot.com and all of the past episodes and all of their weird shit as well. But starting off this week, let's—I'm let's, just going to get into a, something I don't understand. It's less stupid than everything else, but. I, I understand next to nothing about cryptocurrency other than it's, it's not really money, but everybody treats it like money and it's expensive as shit, but it's not really a thing. I don't know. Cryptocurrency is weird. What I do know is that the people who quote unquote mine for cryptocurrency have these whole like computer system things doing this, whatever the fuck it's doing, and these servers and these machines generate a lot of heat that's all i know Uh, (laughs) well one company has decided that they're going to take advantage of that with the quornot qc1 the world's first crypto heater (laughs) pays for itself by mining cryptocurrency so literally this is like a crypto mining like unit so it's yeah, it, it's one of those like cryptocurrency mining machine. And the, because the hardware generates so much heat, this device actually, while it's doing the crypto mining and all that crap, then to, in order to cool the, the servers and everything, uses that as a actual like space heater. The, the, Best I can, I, okay, I, I'm a little, I understand next to nothing about this whole thing, but apparently the like graphics cards and these machines generate a metric fuck ton of heat. And I guess because in order to be doing this, you have to basically be running these, these computers like non-stop. And so that kind of results in, you know, that whole computers get hot. And, you know, that's why computers have fans in them. And it takes a lot more than the little fans you can stick in a computer. Well, this, takes that heat and pumps it out into a room and so you end up with a 450 watt space heater that is also mining your cryptocurrency it apparently like according to the manufacturers the least that it's set up like out of the box to mine for a particular thing and i guess it they say you can generate about 120 dollars in in crypto mining in a in a month And like minus, you know, the power that you use to run the machine that whole time, but they're like, Hey, in the winter, this, you know, that's at least will offset some of your, your, because it's, it's heating your room. So you're, you're offsetting your heating costs by using this machine. And like, uh, I don't know. (laughs) I don't, I don't get cryptocurrency and I live in Arizona. We don't use space heaters. So you know, if if you want to do that, if you live in in New England and you're into cryptocurrency and you want to try out this thing, go for it. I just don't get the whole cryptocurrency thing. I, I like my, even though I I rarely carry cash, I like my money in paper. I don't know. Moving right along, let's start getting into stupid stuff. Speaking of of money, that's just. Stupid expensive stuff. Let's let's go with that. You know, I I remember when I talked about those gold plated shoes. It were like hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars. I don't even remember how much now. Well, now we have the world's most expensive dog jacket. And before I get to the how much it costs, I'm just going to fundamentally say: unless you've got a Mexican hairless dog, your dog doesn't need a fucking jacket. Dogs have fur, okay? If you are in a place where your environment is hazardous to your dog's fur level, you should not have that dog there. Okay? You should not have a Mexican hairless dog in Alaska. You should not have an Alaskan husky in Mexico. These things have names. Alaskan dog, Alaska. Mexican dog, Mexico. They're made for their environment there. You should not have to climatize your dog. That being said, the world's most expensive dog jacket has officially been made out of 24-karat gold and cost a a measly $137,000. Yeah, $137,000, 24-karat gold dog jacket. Because people aren't stupid enough and don't waste enough money. I mean the fuck okay it's not only is it 24 karat gold it's also encrusted with swarovski crystals because why not oh and black diamonds so basically your dog is almost bulletproof why why if 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 big if if you have to put a jacket on your dog like say you live in i'm just gonna stick with alaska you live in alaska and you have a dachshund one, why? Uh, two, you got to stick a jacket on your dog because you you have a short haired dog that can't handle the cold. But the point of the the dog jacket is is weather protection. It's for dogs who who need the extra layers because they're in a cold place and they you know Chihuahuas in the winter it's a thing. That's why you shouldn't have a Chihuahua because it's a stupid excuse for a dog. I said it. I'm not taking it back. But yeah. I, 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 do you need a 24 karat Swarovski, Swarovski crystal and black diamond jacket for your dog? No, you don't need that for your country. $137,000 to put on your dog. People don't wear, people don't wear that much. That's, that's worse than the shoes. I think the shoes were only like thirty-seven thousand dollars, something like that. Something stupid. They were stupid expensive, and now you're going to make an entire dog jacket out of it. You know, this is up there with it. It is up there with the diamond bras that Victoria's Secret pops out every now and then. That's like two million dollars, but they don't expect anybody to buy those, really. You know, you stick a a you know fully you know completely diamond bra on Heidi Klum. Nobody's expecting to pay... They don't expect somebody to pay the $2 million for the diamond bra. They don't expect to have to make two of them. You know, they expect that they made it. That's going to sit on a display in their in their office somewhere and hope somebody buys it. It's like the giant stuffed bear in an outdoorsman's shop. It's there. Technically, you can buy it. Nobody's going to do it. (laughs) That's what this is. This is a a waste. It's 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 a waste. All that said... If you're stupid enough to do this, if you've got $137 to spend on a dog jacket, g- go ahead. Um, But you might also want to nah, talk to your tax attorney first. Maybe. Maybe a psychotherapist. I don't know. Moving right along. We're upping the stupidity. Woo. Uh, I don't remember if I talked about this person before, but I, I think I may have. Actually, I think I was sick when this story came out and it never made it to the show. But way back in, let's see, way back in June of 2017, this girl and her boyfriend tried to get, you know, YouTube famous, basically, by testing the idea that a bullet from a a handgun could be stopped by like a thick book, like an encyclopedia or a phone book or something. So what did they do? They, he holds up an encyclopedia, and she shoots him in the stomach from about a foot away with a desert eagle. That's meant to shoot through walls and everything. This is a gun that just you know decimates whatever is possibly considered in the way maybe ever at any point in life this is something that if she had shot him at that distance while he was wearing Kevlar would have killed him. He was holding an encyclopedia. So this chick was just sentenced. She was, I'll I'll give him credit. The, the, the judge took it pretty easy on her. She was sentenced to 180 days for the shooting. Essentially, Out of stupidity. The entire thing was negligence. It was all them chasing fame. They thought, hey, this is going to be awesome. It's like, the boyfriend thought up the the stunt. He was like, hey, this is going to work. It's like, I heard that, you know, a, a bullet from a handgun, a normal handgun, people, like, you know, a revolver. You know, something, a home protection gun, not a Desert Eagle, you know, could... Be st- like but a bullet from a handgun could be stopped by a by like a heavy book, like a phone book or an encyclopedia, and an encyclopedia's got a hard cover, so it's even better than a phone book, right? So it'll absolutely be stopped by this book and it'll be awesome and look, you'll be able to shoot me and it'll be will be huge on YouTube. It's like I promise you it's safe. And this was pretty much all on him. This was all his idea, and he convinced her of it. And that's basically the way the judge went with it is like this was his idea. She got suckered into it. like She believed that it was safe. So she pulls the trigger. He dies. It's much more negligence. Than, there, there was no malice involved. She didn't try to kill the guy. They were both just really stupid. So yeah, she's getting 180 days. And I think she's pro- it's probably like on top of the time. Because I think she's been locked up since this happened back in June. But yeah, it's, it's a prank that went wrong. But you know, there's so much, there's so much stupidity involved in this. I hate it. And I'm, you know, the fact that I'm actually getting an opportunity to go back and call these people out. And I hate when I have to call people out on their stupidity, when it resulted in somebody dying, because the fact that they were that stupid, I, I, it, it drives me batty that there are people. And I'm going to say it. there's millennials. There is this, this generation of people who are trying to get YouTube famous and Instagram famous. And Famous for doing dumb things, and we're going to drag Logan Paul back into it, but that's the same type of, of thing. Doing these crazy stunts and pranks and whatever, and they do this stupid shit, and oh yeah, now your boyfriend's dead. Oh yeah, and you did this in front of your three-year-old, because you really thought that shooting him through a book from a foot away with a three fifty seven Magnum was going to do anything other than blow him to smithereens. You both were utterly idiotic. And I just... Uh, I feel bad. I do. And again, it's kind of like the guy... You know, the, the, the cop from last week... Who was, you know, coked out of his head... Shooting up his place in front of his kid... You guys did this in front of your kid. This is going to traumatize your child. At least in her case, she's not going to be away from her... I believe it's their daughter for too much longer. But this is still something that they're going to have to live with. And this is absolutely something that is going to follow this kid... Because we live in a world with social medias everywhere... And things like that, the world... like The internet doesn't let go of things like that. So when that kid is in school... Everybody's going to know that your mom is the one who killed your dad doing a YouTube prank. That's going to follow that kid forever. You know, the mom will probably be able to get over it and get past it more than the kid is. It's going to follow, it's going to haunt that kid as long as there is social media. And that is, that is both a, a problem with our social media world right now and, and just the, you know, the situation it sucks <sighs> people suck people are stupid I, I hate I hate having to cover I don't have to cover those stories but I hate those kind of stories because I hate stories of stupidity that is just ignorant stupidity <sighs> all right let's move wrong from somebody who accidentally killed someone to somebody who really wanted people dead. A woman in Utah was recently convicted of trying to have her husband killed. Like, she tried to hire a hitman to have her husband killed. Well, on the day that she went to trial, they also tacked on an extra charge of her trying to have the hitman killed. Yeah, so she was busted because the guy she tried to hire, you know, it's a case of, you know, someone hires, tries to hire a hitman and it's like, you know, it's not a professional hitman. You're, you're going to an amateur, and it's like, hey, talk to some guy. He's like, hey, I'll give you a, because the prices seem really stupid low nowadays. Well, I'll give you $10,000 to kill my husband. The, uh, you know, so the uh, attempted hitman went to the cops, ratted her out. She gets busted. So what's she do? She tries to have somebody else kill him. This bitch just wants people dead. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? Let's see. She, yeah, God, I, I overestimated. I should have read this first. <laughs> she paid the first guy five thousand dollars and then promised him another seven thousand dollars diamond ring. Okay, not too bad. And eighteen thousand dollars from the insurance policy. So that's not a terrible. So what's that? Twelve? Eh, about thirty thousand dollars. That's that's not awful. Thirty thousand dollars. Eh. But after they busted her and, and she's sitting there in prison, she's caught talking to somebody she thought was like connected with a white supremacist group about arranging the murder of the guy she hired and said that basically if she could get rid of the hitman, then she would go free and, and all that, everything would be dropped because there's no witnesses. And I was like, but apparently she just kept trying to hire people inside the prison to, to take care of the hitman. Like, maybe you, this chick needs help. <laughs> Holy shit. She just thinks killing people and like killing, killing her husband or her ex-husband and apparently his, his new wife is going to solve all her problems. Oh, yeah. And, uh, let's tie up the loose ends by, uh, killing the guy that did the killing too. Let's just, it's just a loop of death. Jeez, woman. How long are you, how many people are you gonna have to kill before you, you know, do it your fucking self. Jeez. That's, that's it. That's the loose ends. Cause you're just gonna keep offing hitman after hitman after hitman until nobody will talk. Wow. (laughs) That's, that's a new one for me. Like, I'm gonna hire a hitman to off the hitman. I realize he didn't go through with it, but still. That's that's that is a new one. I, I I'm I like that one. But after all that stupidity, we've reached a new level of stupid It's time for the jackass of the week. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. I think there's something wrong in the water in in Cleveland because you know there's 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 just something. Because apparently, one of the players from the Cleveland Cavaliers, Jordan Clarkson, thinks dinosaurs used to be pets for giant humans. Yeah, and let's just point out, and the reason I'm blaming all of Cleveland, is that it was Kyrie Irving who who kind of started this whole crazy flat earth bullshit. At least, like, popularized this idiocy. And now we've got somebody else who's talking about humans and dinosaurs that, again, he thinks that dinosaurs were pets for enormous humans. We didn't even exist on the planet at the same time. And I this almost has to go back to, like, you have to be, like, super, super creationist because you have to, like, even, like, the super, super creationists. When you see a dinosaur, you have to acknowledge that there were dinosaurs. But in the super, super creationist idea that Earth is only a few thousand years old, basically the Earth isn't much older than the pyramids, that you have, they have to go and like rectify that, well, in order for that to be true, humans and dinosaurs would have had to have lived at the same time. And cartoons and, and, and Saturday morning kids shows have to be accurate where you have cavemen and dinosaurs. Except that humans have always been small. And the dinosaurs have always been big. So I don't know what this dude is smoking to think that, and I guess it's the under the assumption of the idea that people have always talked about and there have always been stories of giants. And so there must have been giants. And giants kept dinosaurs as pets. Where the fuck are the giants? <laughs> you know, we've, we've basically found hobbits at this point. The, the, the archaeologists have literally found fucking hobbits they haven't found giants. Realistically, giants are people with a, a pituitary problem. Andre, the giant, uh, Paul white, the big show. Um, I don't know a lot of names of other giants because most of them were like circus performers, Matt McGrory, who, if you've seen the, uh, Rob zombie movies, the house of a thousand corpuses and devil's rejects, uh, and he was actually a professional wrestler for a short time. Uh, he played Tiny in those movies. <laughs> he, you know, he was a giant. Big ass dude. He was like seven and a half feet tall. Something crazy stupid. But, you know, he's he's just a really tall person. He wasn't 50 feet tall and, and walking a T-Rex on a leash. He's just a tall dude. Because dinosaurs and people didn't live at the same fucking point in history you... Fucking ignoramus. Now, this is like evidence of those cases where you see in school where they pass the athlete just so they can play. Because little details like dinosaurs lived millions of years ago. People started or thousands of years ago. And at no point did they ever co-mingle. All of that you learn in uh, middle school, high school. And you're supposed to, you know, you're supposed to have good grades to be able to, to play. And so they just, you know, if you didn't learn this shit in, in those days and you still think that giants were real and, and, and they walked dinosaurs like fucking, you know, poodles, you need to go, you need a Billy Madison. That's what you need. You need to go back to kindergarten and repeat all of school all over again so you can learn all of these things like, you know, giants aren't real and dinosaurs and humans, like, we're like millions of years apart from each other and, like, the Earth isn't fucking flat.
1: Hey everyone, this is Toaf, host of Gravity Beard. A podcast featuring interviews and discussions on a wide range of topics. In each episode, I'll either interview a special guest or we'll convene our typical Algonquin roundtable of brilliant minds. Occasionally, we'll even be joined by the host of one of your other favorite podcasts. Then every other week my buddy Adam stops by for an installment of This Week Today. Whatever we do each week, we promise you'll be entertained. You can find Gravity Beard on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else quality podcasts are sold. And you can always find us in other indie pods in the underdog podcast community on Facebook. We're also a member of the Podfix Network. Come check us out. Gravity Beard. It's what your ears will want to be listening to.
2: Once upon a time there was a gnome. Once upon a time, there was an elf. Once upon a time there was a little Once upon boy. a time there once was, was a, a time there was a Gnome. Once there 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 a a a a upon a time, once upon a time, there was a time there was an old rock. Once, once upon a time, once upon a time, once upon a time once upon a time, once upon a time. And no one lived happily ever after. Fairy Tales for Unwanted Children. Find us on iTunes or at periodically.ca. Recommended listening. Hey there, it's Chris from More Gooder Than, where we rate and dissect pop culture one argument at a time. I'm joined by my compadres, Corey Sasso. What it is, home trees. And Donnie, the big D car. Que mas. For those of you that would be joining us for the first time, Corey, Donnie, and I each take the side of some piece of pop culture and try and sway the world to agree with our opinions on which one is most goodest, with a 100% money-back guarantee to entertain you in the process. So we've done which is goodest out of the Indiana Jones trilogy.
0: We've also covered the twin film phenomenon like Armageddon and Deep Impact.
2: We've also compared
1: and contrasted excellent Bill Paxton performances.
2: So if that's something that you guys like to enjoy, check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, and our website, MGTPodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, at MGTPodcast. Thanks, and check us out.
0: More Gooder Than, the show that openly acknowledges that their name is grammatically incorrect and drives my show notes crazy because it's all full of red marks from every time I've had to type it. (laughs) So I, I've, I've vaguely mentioned more gooder than in the past when I, I talked about the now defunct uh, network. They kind of, it was the uh, movie pod squad. I believe they called it, which among others included uh, podcasts like uh, the Epic film guys. And, <clears throat> they basically kind of spun that and expanded it because they went into, they expanded to be on movie podcasts essentially. And then they became the Podfix Network, which is now like way bigger and include, you know, and, and they worked in shows like Netflix and Swill and, and, uh, Rabbit Ears and, and Twisted Philly, which I've also mentioned. Um, but. I could say that these guys, but Chris from bait from More than basically is kind of the the head and the founder of the podfix network as it is um and if you listen to any of those shows, he's the voice that you hear you know this is a presentation of the podfix network, anyway, all of that networky stuff aside I am going to be you know spoiler alert. I'm going to be covering a lot of podfix shows and a lot of stuff. Like I said at the beginning, this is the road to the live stream for The Cure, which is put on by the Epic Film Guys, which is also very heavily backed by the rest of the PodFix network. And so it essentially, you know, I, that, that's where I'm going to fall as where I was talking about the guests from the live stream or the, uh, the Sunshine Summit recently. Going forward into May, we're talking live stream for The Cure and I'll start playing stuff for that. Anyway, back on more gooder Uh like they said, they they basically take you know three, they and I I, I want to tell them, <laughs> and Chris if you're listening, you guys need to change the description of your show, for one simple reason, you guys don't really dissect pop culture, you pretty much just talk movies, <laughs> it's ninety nine percent movies, and it's. And it, it's kind of like, uh, the countdown movie and TV review. They keep mentioning very rarely talk, TV is in the name, but they never talk TV anymore. Um, but it, it's kind of the same thing. They, they basically, they're, they're a movie show and they, they, to these tackles of different themes and do like a fantasy thing where they'll talk about, I think they had, um, I'm blanking. Stuff that I've, uh, episodes that I've listened to. One of them they did recently, they did like monster, they did a, a monster movie thing early on. I think I said it was episode three, where they did ghoulies, gremlins, and critters. All classic 80s tiny monster movies, <laughs> basically. Well, they just did kind of a, a a rehash. I would say rehash. Uh, they did a, a revisit to that and they put the sequels to those movies Up against each other, ghoulies, two gremlins, two critters, two things like that. But it's it's basically them, kind of as as the little promo said. They basically each kind of take a, they take one of them, and they it's like a a informal debate. They basically kind of pitch their movie and they describe their movie. And granted, they all watch them all, so they can they've got a fair argument. But they basically have, you know, what is great about this movie? What's bad about this movie? Honestly, there's not much debate. It's mostly them. Hey, this is the one I watched and here's all about this movie and oh my god, this was a piece of shit. (laughs) Or something like that. Uh, One that I just, just did last week which I dug because I now here's the thing. I only have ever watched one of the movies involved. But they did uh, these like, those sort of 80s 80s, 90s, like I forget the way they worded it, and I'm terrible about those sort of, I can remember a million and one things. I can't remember the exact wording because they use these turn of phrase and they, they, their, their titles and their way they describe the, the, uh, lists, they get creative with it, and I'm not. But they, it was, uh, rad, uh, gleaming the cube, which I still to this day, and what the, fu- I've, I've never seen either of those movies, but like, what the fuck is gleaming the cube mean? Um, and airborne which i've seen and i love that movie and it's fucking awesome and, and I, I told them as much but you know but they they're comparing these movies which are all that sort of extreme sports and from that era and you know it's like, but it, it's just listening to the way they do this like they did at one point they did uh, video game movies, except they didn't do, well, I guess there aren't really good video game movies, but they took like the three big fighting game movies. They did Mortal Kombat, uh, Street Fighter, and because there isn't really a third one in that genre, they did Double Dragon. And all of, well, Mortal Kombat and Double Dragon I liked. Street Fighter I thought was kind of crap, and it was a waste of Raul Julia. And Jean-Claude Van Damme I just think sucks in general, so it's, you know, that's a whole other thing. But it's kind of an interesting thing, like the way they'll, they'll, you know, you don't see many places in general where they're throwing like, you know, different thing, like comparing movies head to head in a sort of, you know, three way cage match. like, who's going to come out on top? And, but they're talking about, you know, like nostalgia movies. Sometimes they're more recent movies, but the, that's the, that's kind of the thing. And, you know, what is the best video game fighting movie they're all kind of garbage but what's least garbage but they also give you things like oh how much did each one take in you know what you know what did which one was most profitable or which lost the most money or whatever things like that you know it's so you, you get a little bit of actual you know you learn a little bit but it, it's interesting to learn some of those things because you'll look at the oh yeah i love this movie and it's like holy shit they lost that much <laughs> Or you know, things like that, or holy crap, whoa who would that guy oh I forgot that guy was in this movie. Or or it just makes you want to go back and watch it again. You know, listening to them, uh especially like this this episode with like Airborne and Rad and Gleaming Cube. I haven't watched Airborne in forever. I love that fucking movie. It makes me want to go back and watch it again. <laughs> I get kind of the same feeling with the countdown. Uh like they'll talk about movies and then I'll it'll make me want to go back and watch them all over again. But you can tell, even when they hate the movie, they'll at least give it, you know, they'll give it its it's fair time. They'll give equal time to a garbage movie that they hate. And even if they come out right and say, fuck, I hated this movie. Why did I? Ha-? Every one of these movies was garbage, but they still have to do the they still have to do the pitch and they still have to try and sell you on it because there's it's, it's mostly bragging rights. But they, you know, because it is a competition between the three of them and you know it's who won it, it is which one of us won, and it's funny because it's it's less about I like this movie i'm 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 it's this is the movie I've got to defend. <laughs> it's like you're in debate it's that's it it's debate class for movies it's a three way debate class with movies because you know in debate class you're assigned the topic and essentially for more good or than the guys are assigned the movies. They're assigned to the topic and they have to defend their topic, even if they don't like the topic. <laughs> it's like this is your movie. You have to defend your movie. You have to defend your point. It doesn't matter if you actually agree with the point, you have to defend it. That's how debate class works. That's basically what they have to do. Even if they picked a movie that they even if they're they're assigned a movie that they hate, they still have to do it. And they still have to try and win. You have to try and win. And but it but you know the the uh, Chris and and Donny and Corey are they're all really friends, and that's kind of the most important thing. And it's and I've said it with Epic Film guys and with, uh, with Netflix and Swill and the Sands Pants guys, and 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 Lisa and Sam. That's the best. That's the the biggest thing is that chemistry. You cannot fake that. And the the chemistry when you've got three guys who are legit, honest, best friends. And in their case, they actually record together. A lot of these shows record remotely. And these guys actually, you know, they get together and record this show. And they're all and they're in Bakersfield and it turns into in California and it turns into, you know, they have those sort of references to, you know, life in California and Bakersfield. And they do, you know, between the main show Basically, they have what they call their goodie bag, and it's kind of where you could say it's where the rambling goes because in their main show, for the most part, they stick to, they stick, they stay on topic. They talk about the movies, you know, they talk about what's going on, and that's basically the main show. But in between those, they do their goodie bag, and their goodie bag is where it's all of the kind of, hey, here's the, uh, the iTunes reviews, here's the shout outs, here's, here's what's going on with me you know it's that's it's all the behind the scenes rambling chit-chatty stuff and they they basically make an entirely separate episode and in that you also find out who won last week who's what movies are we up are we doing next week and like who's got what movies all those little things that's what the goodie bags are for and i almost like those more because i like the uh, that sort of I like the chit chatiness. I like the that the fun because that's where they can just sit there and and you know you got three friends hanging out together having a good time. So if you don't necessarily want to, it's like oh I don't give a rat's ass about these three movies. Listen to the goodie bags. They're fun. They don't call them goodie bags for nothing. So should definitely check out more gooder than it's it's fun and I'm gonna say it's not for me and like I said it's. It's one of those, if I don't care about the movies, I don't, I'm not, probably not going to listen to the main episode. I'm not going to lie, but the goodie bags are just fun. It's, it's fun to listen to because even if you don't like the movies they're talking about this week, they're the behind the scenes and the, the, the extra stuff, the goodie bag stuff is always funny. It's always just a good time. So one way or another, you're going to have, if you, if you like comedy and you just like that sort of stuff, check out more good than it's a fun show and you can get them at mgtpodcast.com or part of the podfix network podfixnetwork.com before i wrap things up i want to reiterate i want to go back the podfix network guys especially epic film guys uh, are going to put together the second annual live stream for the cure i was I, I watched in, I kind of sat in on this last year and I, I talked about it a bit last year. But this year, I'm really going to be pushing it. That's just kind of me. It's the hashtag nice guy Adam is really going to be pushing this. I mean, this year, they're upping it. Last year, they did 12-ish hours of live streams and Nick was dying on that stream by the end of it. Um, <laughs> by the, by the time the stream ended, he was, he was on his, uh, at the end of his rope. But, you know, Props to Nick for, for sticking it out through this whole thing. This year, they are upping it from a measly 12-hour stream to 30 hours of live streams across three days. With, you know, running from Friday, May 18th through Sunday, May 20th of 2018. If you happen to be listening to this in the future, far, far from now. All this to raise money for cancer research institute to help fight cancer because i don't know anybody who will tell you that they're no we're for cancer no everybody everybody's got a cancer story everybody knows somebody or knows somebody who knows somebody who has had who's been touched by cancer one way or another Whether it was your, somebody you know, or maybe it was your friend's grandfather, or maybe it was your grandfather, or mine. You know, it, everybody's got a cancer story somewhere. And it's one of those things, it's, that everybody needs to support and everybody needs to go out there and do what they can to help put an end to cancer. And, The live stream for The Cure is the Epic Film Guy's way of doing that. Again, 30 hours of live streams from May 18th through the 20th. I'll have more coming up. There will be a link on the webpage as soon as they get me the stuff for it. I'm going to be dropping promos. I'm going to be talking about this until the event. And I'm going to be probably pushing a lot of the... my Much like with the Sunshine Summit, I'm probably going to be doing a lot of the featured uh, shows are probably going to be affiliated with the live stream one way or another. And it's another case of like the sunshine summit, they're kind of doing the work for me because they're helping me pick out shows. All that being said, it's, it's amazing thing. I'm going to this year, I'm going to be part of it. I'm going to be in at 1 PM Eastern time on May 20th, because Sunday mornings are the only time I can do those sort of things. But There's going to be games. There's going to be, you know, there are going to be programming blocks from different shows, like uh, BSP, the Idiot Syncrency Files, uh, Epic Film Guys, Restaurant Cooking Segments, Heather from Sunshine and Power Cuts, uh, Emily from The Story Behind. There's so many guests. Again, 30 hours of programming across three days. It's going to be a, um, it's going to be crazy so much all trying to raise money for cancer research institute so if you want to donate ahead go to livestreamforthecure.com click on the little donate button right there they're shooting for $5000 i think we should smash that $5000 is nothing we need to we need $10000 i'm saying 10 i don't care what they're aiming for i say $10000 You can, you know you can do it. Everybody out there. We can raise $10,000. $5,000 is nothing. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta aim for this, aim for the moon, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm getting really hippie. They're gonna, soon enough, they're gonna have shirts and stickers and other sorts of stuff you can buy to help support the cause. And remember to tune in on Again, it's coming up in May. I'm just gonna keep hounding you with this for, for the next month and a half, but May 18th through the 20th, livestream for the cure.com. Check it out. I'm gonna remind you. I am, don't worry, I'm not gonna let you forget. But <laughs> until then, I think it's time to go. <laughs> Remember, you can catch me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Odd Dad Out or all of the show notes with the links to all of these weirdos at odddadout.blogspot.com. Click the little subscribe links. If you are that kind of person, leave me a review. Tell me what you think because you're awesome or drop in if you're really awesome to the twisted world of the Odd Dad Out Facebook group. And I don't remember what the little link is, but you know how to get there. And anyway, uh, until next time... I know, sorry, long show. I am Adam Higgins, The Odd Dad Out. Thank you, and good night.